This is going to be pretty quick. It ties into some of the thoughts I shared earlier today on the seven ways to have the most fun year of your life for business and health. Um, I think these are things that most of us here can, can relate to very easily and hopefully you find it really practical. So this is a picture um, of when I was in uh, Croatia. We took a hike up from our hotel and at the top of the mountain is when it crosses over into Bosnia. I never thought I'd go to Bosnia in my life, but it was a hike away from the Sheraton Hotel. So we went up there with my brother-in-law and my wife and it was a great time, made it, made it a lot of fun. And if you think about it, who does not want to have the most fun year of your life? We all do, right? But we have responsibilities. We have our team. We have our family to take care of. You have a, maybe a mortgage to worry about, maybe payroll, maybe some goals that you want to meet. And so you might think, hey, I need to hunker down. I need to work really, really hard. Just focus on working hard, right? But we all want to have the most fun year of our life. We all want our definition of success to involve having a lot of fun. None of us want to be average. Other people around us don't want to be average. So I covered earlier today at 1030 shared the example of Arnold and his uh, vision strength. And, you know, one thing that I, I've said in social media and got a lot of comments is that, like, you know, basic success is not that hard. You just have to work hard and focus. People say, hey, that doesn't make sense. You said it's not hard. You just have to work hard. Well, it's not complicated. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. You don't need to pay a mentor uh, lots, tens of thousands of dollars to design some plan to grow to make 75000 100000 or 200000 plus a year over time. And if most people around you think that is success and that is successful. But my point is that we want to all elevate our definition of success and be healthier, be more successful in a holistic way, uh, be happy and doing exciting things all the time. And what I find is that some of the most ultra wealthy and successful business people I know are very happy. And I'm going to share how it can affect business and how to screen things going on in your business just to remove the stress and toxicity in the business, which can really make everything go faster. Because if you're distracted by what's not working or a stressful employee or partnership, then it kind of muddles the waters and you're slowed down by that versus focusing on adding another team member that's like the rest of your A-class team. So this is my daughter and we got to flip the coin at the uh, Vienna Vikings game in Austria, uh, which was awesome. She, she said that she was so nervous that she was shaking before she flipped the coin on the field. Uh, so we had to practice on the sidelines. And um, so that was a lot of fun. It was just a fun, unique experience to take her to a... Um, Centimillionaire Strategies Conference. Um, this is us doing a lemonade stand just about three weeks ago in Scottsdale. Um, we brought in $250 in about two hours, two hours and a quarter. And uh, every time we go, we come up with some new strategies. This time they had a little sign that says, please help us go see Taylor Swift. Uh, some people <laughs> gave money just for that. And, you know, she's a billionaire, so I support it. I was against it until last month. Um, so... They have a lot of fun doing this. They get excited by it. Um, they're not the best at being very outgoing on the sales pitch, but we figured out how to automate the sales pitch, not using AI like, like every company claims to use. Uh, but we have Lemonade Depot signage, the prices on there. It's only $1 a cup. We get 5 and 10 and $20 bills all the time. People say, oh, I support women entrepreneurs. We'll probably make a new sign next time that says support women entrepreneurs just to encourage that. Uh, they want new iPads, but they're going to buy them themselves. I don't care if their screen's cracked. You want a new iPad? You do a couple lemonade stands. And our goal is to make $1,000 in one weekend doing lemonade stands. Um, the, the new trick we came up with is I got my mobile Bluetooth speaker. We put it in the trees, and there's two crosswalks. We put it by the second crosswalk. And whenever people gathered there, I would have my 9-year-old do the sales pitch in her little voice. 
And then I would have it on my phone, and when they got to the stoplight, that I'd push play, and they would hear his voice come out of the bushes, and they would turn around and look and see the lemonade stand. And we got 100% hit rate the first four times we pushed play, and we used it all day long to maximize our sales. And it was like an automated sales pitch. It's like a recorded voicemail, right? So we love that. This is my daughter skiing with us up in Flagstaff, uh, doing what messy kids do. This is us uh, when we were in, uh, where was this, in Rome? And uh, we went to go work out at the gym, and of course they wanted to join me. So for me, this is my definition of fun. For Bo, it's climbing K2, where 25% of people die, uh, and doing fun adventures like that, you know? Um, for you, it's gonna be different, right? I told the story of like, who built these buildings? Like, how could I be someone that does something that big? And the point of bringing that up is that you should be doing things very exciting, because they're so ambitious, and so big, and so exponential, that you wonder how you could possibly get there and then figure out what would be the next steps on that path towards that. Shared a couple of those pictures already. Um, there's some pictures, just some adventures my wife and I have gone on. I climbed halfway down this slippery cliff. There's just slippery, muddy rocks and Havasupai Falls to get down to the lower three waterfalls. Halfway down, I thought I might die, so I was like, I'm not doing this. I looked up and there's already five more people coming down, including like a 12-year-old. Um, so I kept on going down because I didn't really have a choice at that point, but not sure I'll do that one again. This is West Coast Trail. There's 130 ladders and bridges, and some of them are as tall as 30 stories, uh, like four sequences of ladders, and it was awesome. Um, that's in a Vancouver island. This is uh, Olympic National Park with my guy friends. Every May and August, I go with my guy friends on a backpacking trip, and it's great. Talk business, talk personal things, talk family things. It's time to get off my phone for once or email. And this is us in Dobrovnik, Croatia. So but I also have fun in the business, and that's the important thing. Like, of course, okay, yeah, go on a fun trip, great, that, that's great, Richard, you get to travel. But having um, the ability to have fun in your business is the most important part of the message, because that's the non-obvious part. If what you're doing is not fun, then why are you doing it? If anything you're doing is not exciting, then why are you doing it? If you know what your strengths are and what you're excellent at, and what Dan Sullivan would call is your unique ability, then why do you do anything outside your unique ability? Every year, you should define, look at everything you're doing, Cut out 80% if you can, at least 20% of the stuff that's not your unique ability, and chunk it down, and then focus on that 20%. And every year, be doing that, hiring people, outsourcing, shutting down the business unit that's not worth it, um, reducing things that are a stress or toxic. So that's important. And I get excited working with this because doctors who go to school for a decade, then do a residency, and then start a medical practice and grow to multiple locations, they're 17 years in by the time I talk to them. They're not disappearing to Venezuela, or Croatia on me, you know, with investor capital. They usually got debt, they have families, they're they invested their whole life. It's their life's work having these medical practices. And I like that. I can sleep at night and they can sell for a big multiple. So to me, that's a def definition of exciting in business. You know, interviewing billionaires. Like, why does Richard Wilson own billionaires.com with, with um, a few investors that are, that are here in the club? It's like, um, why doesn't Goldman Sachs own this? Why doesn't some billionaire own it? Like, everyone would like to have more relationships with billionaires unless you're you know, Mark Cuban or Elon Musk yourself, and you can have all the relationships you want. Everyone else needs more relationships. They need distribution. So we shouldn't be able to have this, and we do somehow. And that's exciting. So we want to encourage you to do the same thing um, because without the excitement factor, you're not going to have the grit factor. And the very definition of flow is to work on something that is very important and you're very passionate about it or you don't enter the state of flow. That's when I get on an airplane. It's a six-hour trip. We land before I know it, and I've knocked out you know, tons of work and messages and exciting progress on things. Um, and I don't really see it as work. It's like an exciting adventure, exploring this, exploring that. If something becomes tough, you might have to work through it. 
but it becomes too toxic or negative, et cetera, then you just duck out of it and say, okay, we don't need this inside of our universe, right? So I encourage you to do the same. Uh, we've talked to hundreds of medical practice owners to close just six platform deals to get us minority 20% and 50% equity stakes in 28 medical practices. To get billionaires.com, as I shared, 152 emails over 12 years. For billionaires.com, we've sent 9,000 emails to get 27 interviews done. Not the best hit rate, but hopefully that goes up and we get some referrals to get more of those done. Right? But you wouldn't do that unless you're excited about it. So that shows why it's important. Uh, one thing I'm trying to do is inject my brain with an hour of billionaire mental models uh, every day. I listen to the books at 2 or 2.5x speed, so it's really two hours or two and a half hours of billionaire ideas trying to get input in my brain every day. I don't always get to that. But if you're not working on the exciting projects, things are going to go slow, and it's going to be a brutal slog, basically. So since I started our, our business, um, I've sent 161,000 emails. So it's not through our CRM. It's just one-off emails that I've written you know, uh, one at a time. And I'm sure you guys can see where you've had success. It took similar determination and keeping at it over a long period of time. You know, Munger just passed away. I think it was like social media and everywhere was blanketed with notes about that because people respected him so much. And one of the things he said in one of the many videos that people were releasing on social media, which by the way, what a legacy that Munger leaves if people react that way when he passes away, right? And they would share all of his insights. But he also talked about how being good-natured was a really important strength. He talked about having a sense of humor and what's the point of doing it if you're not having fun. This is one of the smartest, most successful investment human beings on planet Earth saying you have to have fun and have a sense of humor and be good-natured, right? That's what we've been talking about through the whole conference, that we're trying to go out of a way to help good people, et cetera. So it's not just like a nice thing to do. It's like, like what Bo was talking about. It's an advantage on your IQ and your thinking, just like if you don't sleep enough, your IQ goes down just as much as if you were drunk, right? Same thing as if you're always unhappy and don't like what you're doing, don't like your partners and not excited about your project, then imagine what that does when you compound it all. If you have mediocre employees, if you have bad deals, if you have energy vampires around you all the time, if you let negative media into your brain more often than billionaire mental models, those are all things that infect your brain. And if you have a great team, it's like an immune system. A new team member will not survive in that Petri dish. They will be kicked out without you having to do anything. And they'll probably quit or your team members will, will tell you what needs to happen. So sometimes there's an employee who creates great results, but just really hurts the company culture. We've all had to deal with those before. And usually there's two to four clients that take up all your time. And the other clients are all great to work with, has been my experience. So all things to cut out to make life more fun. And as I mentioned yesterday, the reason why I see billionaires getting exponential results is stacking the great business models, investment structures, access to capital, reputation, seeing deals first exclusively at better valuations, plus they know themselves so well, why would they do anything that's not enjoyable, right? Why, why would you spend time on something that's super painful when you're worth a billion dollars plus? You're only gonna work on what you're super passionate about. So I think that's really important for all of us to try to do uh, whether your goal is to get to 5 million or 1 million or 10 million or 50 million or higher net worth, um, it all applies. When I started this business, I was in the basement apartment in Harvard Square and I didn't have $1,000 in my bank account to pay rent that month. And everything that I've grown in my business is from studying family offices and studying billionaires, right? And so um, we've really built our business from the ground up organically, not by taking in a bunch of capital. We have no big brother partners. We have no debt. We have no equity partners. It was all just organic, slow growth, and that's why it's taken me 16 years when other people blow up to 50 million in revenue in three years sometimes uh, by going a different route. So I get excited studying all this stuff, and 
there's many reasons why you'd want to have the most fun year of your life, but sometimes defining how you're going to get there, I think is important. And there's been several people that once we mentioned this message and the message of being ultra healthy, like one of our members, I don't want to put him on the spot, is here in the room. He's lost 65 pounds in the last 18 months because he heard this message at one of our mastermind events, right? And, and what you need to do to cut out of your life to have the most fun year of your life is going to be different than what it is for other people. But you probably want your legacy to be about not just work, 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 and your whole life should be work, 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 have no fun, don't do things for other people, don't do fun things for yourself, don't be a happy person, don't have a social life, right? Almost none of us want that. For me, I had to quit two boards. One of the boards I quit is someone here in the room. We're still friends. But I was spending four hours a month on board calls that I think could probably be done in an hour or less. And I just felt like I was spending all this time to build someone else's business I didn't have equity in. They paid me an amazing amount per hour for my time. But it was just painful to be on the call four hours. And I'd find myself want to kill off emails while I sit on these long board calls. And people would talk slowly about issues that we've already talked about. You know, So I still respect them, like them, etc. But... Uh, I turned down money just to regain more sanity and fun and, and build our own business versus spending time being on boards and building other people's businesses. Joel Nagel has sat on over 30 boards. I think he's off all of them, but just a couple now. So he's decided the same thing with his investment of time. Uh, I cancel all meetings I don't want to go to. I'm just not going to go to meetings I don't want to go to. I, I'd rather have a smaller business and just enjoy my day and only do exciting things with people I want to do business with, only work on exciting projects, fired stress from my team and my client list. Um, that's why we have a great team. Um, that's why the event goes relatively smooth, and hopefully you're all having a good time here. And a real big commonality among billionaires is not just the curiosity, but it's the level of excellence they expect from people. If you read Steve Schwarzman's book, What It Takes, he's a founder of Blackstone. It's one of the top five billionaire books I've ever read. He talks about how anything less than excellent is not acceptable. And I'm not, I don't rail against my team if something goes wrong here, but we take notes on it. How do we fix that process? How do we adjust things? And, you know, right away in real time, we're saying which speakers are doing an amazing job. I thought Pierre was very tactful on stage. If someone was talking too long, say, oh, I'm going to interrupt you right now. And we're going to keep on moving along with the conversation. I thought he did an amazing job of that. And I told my team that we should have Pierre back. So I'm sure you guys do very similar things. Last point here, one of my themes during COVID was just do it. I had delayed a long time on some ideas, and I realized, man, I'm 14 years into this thing, 13 years into the thing. What am I waiting for to turn 50 before I do some of these ideas? So that's when we bought commercialrealestate.com, bought billionaires.com, you know, quadrupled our social media presence, bought social media assets and dentistry, and really been growing much faster and being a little bit more transparent with what I care about on the health side and having fun while also making your business actually fun to run, which usually means you're running a better business. So I would encourage you to write down a couple of ideas. I'm sure you've been thinking about them as I'm talking about quitting a consulting engagement that it's like part of your brain because all of us had to be resourceful to start our businesses, turning down small or now moderate amounts of money. You're not, not used to doing that, but to have more of an abundance mindset and focus on what's working, what's exciting, what your biggest strengths are, Sometimes it takes a little courage to know that your own business is going to fill that gap instead of selling your soul by the hour to build somebody else's business, right? Um, that's something I really try to get away from. So it might mean quitting a board. It might mean firing a team member next week. It might be ending a partnership. It might be focusing on three things instead of seven. Um, for you, it's going to mean something totally different than me. But I hope this message kind of resonates with a few people here in the room. I'd love to hear how it does with some. I had someone come up to me in the hall that said one year ago, they met someone for dinner downstairs at Loma, 
And today they committed $6 million to, to fund their venture, their real estate venture. They've been under due diligence for a year. I also met someone out in the hall, shook my hand and said, a year and a half ago, I talked about having an accountability partner that for 13 years, I have a call with every Monday. And we set our number one goal for the week and keep each other accountable. And this time of year, we have all of our goals for next year established. So January 1st hits and we're on version eight of our annual goals and hitting the ground running. And he said he found an accountability partner at a family office club event and never heard of that idea. And every Sunday at 6 p.m., they have a call and they hold each other accountable. So I hope you meet friends here in the room. I hope you meet clients. I hope you meet JV partners. I hope you hear about exciting investment structures, trends in the industry, grow conviction in what you're already doing, figure out how to focus to have a more fun, profitable business, a better investment portfolio, train the next gen in a way that's appropriate with your values and skills. And I hope you see our investor club as a perpetual learning machine. That's how I see it. And I would just encourage you just to write down real quick uh, something that you could take action on right now to make it the most fun year of your life, whether it's going on an epic trip with your spouse or your kids, bringing NextGen to one of our next events to train them, if that would make it more fun, et cetera, and encourage you to take some action on that um, so you get a unique type of value out of being here because most investment conferences don't talk about maximizing your fun. And I think it's important that it makes you more profitable. I also want to thank my team again. I'm not going to uh, take up your cocktail time by reading off all their names, but um, appreciate you treating them with respect. And um, as you all have been, you've been every, everyone's been great. And I think everything's been going really well, at least from our perspective here at the event today. So appreciate you keeping us in mind. Uh, we have these books in the portal uh, for your membership portal. If you're an investor here in the room, you haven't done an investor mandate yet with uh, Laura or Andres, we'd love for you to record that. Um, let's enjoy some networking cocktails now, and we'll see you tomorrow back here in the room at 10 a.m. for the last day of the Family Office Super Summit. Thank you, everybody. Join the Family Office Club by visiting familyoffices.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next live event.